Hey everybody, it's Rev DDT here. Okay, back on my phone again. <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking about some stuff in the past and how there are some cool, I have some cool memories, some cool things that happened uh, back in the 90s and 80s, back in the 70s. There was a few cool things in the 70s. The cool things happened in the 60s. Um, and then, you know, I was born in the early 60s, so I don't know, you know, there were cool things happening before that, too. Even though there were some bad things going on all over the earth, there's always cool things going on somewhere. And in my life, there were some pretty cool things at different times in my life that I thought, um, I got some really cool stories. I have a lot of really cool stories, and, um, I have a lot of really cool dreams, too. And my dreams are much like my stories. Um, and some of them are wild and crazy, and some of them are just, you know, what they are, you know. I remember, um, you know, the very first fight I ever got into. And um, I remember that my dad, like, you know, it's like I was seven years old. My dad was gone. Just left my mom. I was sitting on the front porch. Just going to get in this fight after school. With this kid wanted to fight me. I'm seven years old. I never fought anybody. I did wrestling. You know, I was wrestling. I wanted to do martial arts and do boxing and stuff like that. But my mom was like, no way. My dad was into boxing. He liked boxing. We'd watch boxing on TV together, and I wanted to box. But you know, she was, no way. He could just do wrestling. But she, you know, my mom's like the most violent out of all of this. And she was like, no, you guys aren't going to be fighters. And then uh, she uh, didn't get her wish at all because I was a fighter. At one point, I caught the bug and got good at some things. And then it was like, okay, it's on now. Got cocky for a while. Got my ass kicked a bunch of times. You know, but I learned how to fight, see, though, by getting my ass kicked. So it's like, you know, when you get your ass kicked in life, you just, you learn from it, right? But um, as life took me on, I just, you know, different things change. And so my interests change and things get, you know, magnified in our life. Like, you know, like uh, I went through a phase where I, like, uh, I hit this, uh, it really helped you later on. Um, uh, I hit this poetry phase, like when I was, like, freaking in my 20s, in my early 20s. I just all of a sudden started just writing poetry, just like, I, I wrote thousands of pieces of poetry, man, in just a short period of time. And but and some of those actually um, uh, got turned into songs, too. Uh, somebody actually prophesied that over me in a church, another little old lady. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you either. <laughs> said that to me in front of about 10 people. Said that She said, you're going to have, you got you write poetry, you've written some poetry that you're going to, some of those are going to become songs, and some of them did, actually. I think some of them became songs. Uh, some of my poetry I looked at and I read it and I was like, I must have been out of my fucking mind. <laughs> you know? Excuse the language, but I'm serious. Is <laughs> that freaking nuts? So, you know, I'm like, oh, frick this shit, man. This is crazy. I don't need it. <laughs> then some of it was like, hey, this is kind of clever. You know, like, I like what I wrote. I remember where I was at when I wrote it. And I remember why I wrote it and who I wrote it about or what I wrote it about or, you know, where I was at when I was writing it, you know, when, um, geographically speaking. And, as well as, you know, emotionally and as well as everything else, you know. So, um, very first video I made on YouTube, it's called Your Window by Rev DDT. Or it's probably by Mr. DDT at that time. That was because that was before I got my revelation of my revelatory love, of my rever of my reverendation. <laughs> I'm trying new words, but they're not working because, uh, you know, quite got the vocabulary down yet. I'll get it down one of these days on time to tell you all of this. <laughs> so I was kicking back and I was just like sitting there just like bored out of my mind. Well, no, I'm not bored. <laughs> I was watching TV, just chilling, you know, and I was thinking, but I was thinking about this different stories and I thought, you know what? I got some cool stories. So 
I gotta pull one out of the archives here. And this happened back in, um, I think 1988. Maybe it was 1989. Might have been 89. No, see, I first got there in 88. It was when I first got there. So when I first got there in 88, you know, and uh, so here, I'm gonna start the story right here. Okay, here it goes. So, um, you know, this is uh, Kung Fu Fighting by Rev DDT. And so, um, yeah, so I was, you know, me, me and Brian, we came out of the, out of the dinner hall about the same time. And me and Brian, Brian Mount, we came out about the same time. And, uh, we were the only two, we were the first two out of the dinner hall. And we sat down and, uh, we were sitting there on the bench right by the, right by the fence. You know, we had a fenced in area where our, our yard was at. And, uh, down there on the corner of, uh, Wilson and, uh, it was a Wilson and Malden, Walt Malden Wilson. And, um, and, uh, I don't know, Wilson, let's see, was it Wilson or Sherry? Sure, yeah, it was Wilson, yeah. Wilson Malden, but right there on the corner. No, Leland, that was it. Leland and Malden Street, right off. It was just one block over from Wilson Avenue and one block up from Clark Street on uh, in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, and uh, I was there living there for a little while. It was a hippie community. It was really cool. And Brian Mount, he was a really cool guy. He's one of the guys I made friends with. I made friends with everybody, but... Uh, he um he was a real cool brother and I really liked him, really respected him a lot. We were all hippies, we all had long hair. Our hair was all down to our butts. His there was those down to their butts. Mine wasn't quite there yet, but it was growing. It had been growing for a few years. Um I had been growing it when I was working in the restaurant before that in California and then um, you know, and also in Idaho, you know, and um so anyway. And uh so um me and Brian were sitting there talking and um we're uh we're just uh just sitting there in the evening just enjoying the evening air and it was in the summertime just just early summer and we heard a commotion up the street so anyway back in 1988 i left left uh california um san diego california and i was living there and i uh, had been living there for a while i left idaho and came up down up to went to san diego and went down there and went and lived for a while and then i came up here um, take, I came up to Chicago, and so I was living in Chicago for a while, and I went there. There was a Christian community there called Jesus People, and um, for some people, that place was um, not very good for them. Uh, I've read some of the stories that were going on during, even during the time I was there, I didn't even know any, anything about anything. I was oblivious when you got 500 people living in, spread out, you know, and, and living the way everybody's living. Some really strange things can happen, some also some wonderful things can do. My time there was wonderful. Other people have a different story. Other people have the same story I do. And um, so it's like, it's just interesting who's take, you know, and what happened, but, and what I wasn't aware of, but if I would have been aware of, it would have been a whole different story, you know, and uh, it would have been fucking, really, it would have been rage on freaking, it would have been rage on the machine, man. So it would have been, it would have been rage on the machine, baby, all the way, baby. You know, um, so, um, because some of the stories that I heard and from some of the people that got afflicted there uh, really um, had a really hard time. But and anyway, they went through some really hard stuff. But when I was there, um, you know, yeah, you know, we had some conflicts, things like that a couple of times, you know, um, got in trouble for praying for people, <laughs> got in trouble for praying for people. And when the elders sat us down and tried, tried to chew us out for it, couldn't eat it. And they couldn't chew on anything because there was nothing there to chew on because we were doing God's will. We were doing what God wants us to do. You know, God's, God overrides everything, man. God's like the easier, he's your master key, man. He overrides everything. If you're doing what he's, and you know, you're doing it, you know, you're doing the right thing. And, and you can't argue with the results either because the fruit, you know, people like Christians, they'll run around and weigh the fruit. They'll look at the fruit. The fruit is, is that what does it bear? What, what does it, you know, what, what good is there in it? And that's what they're looking for. And they're looking to see if it's the fruit of the Lord. And if they see the fruit of the Lord, then they'll leave it alone. And that's usually, that's always what's happened with me. 
people attack me and when they've attacked me, you know, like that, it's always come out. I, I, I didn't explain to them what we're doing. That's all I had to do. Explain to them what we're doing. And God would do all the rest. He would do all the rest. And, and, and he, he, he snowed it, you know, he'd wipe it over and it'd be all smooth. Smooth it out, man. Everybody would be like, all right, you know, move on. So anyway, um, I'd move to this community. So I'd moved there uh, from California uh, in San Diego. I moved to Chicago, right? And I was living there. And uh, so the first year I was there, um, I was there. I moved there in the, in the February, right? So that that freaking um, um, spring, it was like a little late into spring. It was like in May or June, right? Early June. And we're, we were in the chow house. So the brothers, we all lived across the street in this freaking, this building that was freaking half, half uh, freaking, it was half messed up in one side of it. It was completely demolished, um, almost demolished on one side, uh, which we actually um, rebuilt the inside of that thing and, and turned it into some apartments, some low-income apartments for, for that community there in that, when we sold that building. But um, it was called the Leland House, and we lived in this house, and it was like a shell of a building, basically. And But it was really cool, man. It was brothers. It was all brothers, and it was pretty wild. It was a wild place to live. It was fun. Um, we did like pray, we did pray, play pranks on each other a lot and stuff. And so, you know, we had plumbers living there. We had, uh, porch people living there. I was a porch person, uh, eventually, but at the time I was living there when I first moved in there, I was just like doing deacon at night, which meant just, I answered the phone and I watched all the, all the, uh, and I watched over all the 60 people that would sleep there in the, in the, in the lobby at night, you know, the man that would sleep there in the lobby at night, um, you know, cause we'd open it up and homeless people would come in and sleep. And so. Um, and we, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I'd answer phones is what I do all night. And so, um, you know, I did that first job and then I prayed for the job that I got and I got the job I got, which was actually a miracle because they said, nobody has ever, ever done this before, but, um, for some reason it's okay for you. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, a lot of that kind of stuff happened with me, man. It is really weird, man. When I want something and I go and I really rip my heart's really into it, you know, I'll talk to God about it. I'll just talk to him about it. I just keep talking to God about it. And stuff just keeps happening. I mean, I, I was a successful researcher in the things that I researched for 30 years. I was successful in not just the things I researched. I learned a lot of other stuff, too, man. I mean, you got a lot of time to read, read a lot of stuff, man. I read a lot of stuff. I have a lot of time. I had a lot of time on my hands. But when I tell you what, man, I made use of it, too. I made use of it, man. I educated myself. I got smart on some things. I got learned some stuff and things. I put some things to practice too. I had time to like test it too. Like doing just like, you know, you test something and you, you pull back and you, and you, and you don't do it, use it anymore. And then you test it and again, and then you, and you really find out going like, man, this is strong. I can do this, you know, and these things that you do, you know, and you're going like, fuck, this is really cool. I can do these things. And I didn't realize I could do these things because I didn't have that knowledge before. But when I started testing this knowledge and putting it to a test it, and it started to work and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, and and it was like things I was learning about the spirit and how to press into God and how to how to open doors up, you know, in the spirit and how to have 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 that that open relationship with God. So open of a relationship with God that God manifests into other people's lives, just like bursts right out into their lives and changes their lives. I mean, talking about manifesting in, in people's lives, you know, it's like that's lady, you know, I was talking about earlier on this on the earlier broadcast about this lady that, that she she was like freaking totally really. 
um, in the restaurant. She had a goiter on her shoulder, and I walked. Up, I got walked over and asked her what was going on, and then sat, I made friends with her and sat there and prayed for. Her. I asked her if I could pray for. Her. I did, and by the time I was in prayer for, her, that goiter was almost gone. And so, and there was three other people that got up and came over and prayed for her too. First, it was one person, one of the friends, one of my friends, and then the other two people got up and came over too. And then somebody from uh, in the restaurant. There was people in the restaurant that got standing around, around watching this too. It was really crazy. It was really cool. It was like it was like a neat thing. We all saw a miracle happen. We saw it shrink. It's like me and my friend did when we were sitting here in my room and my hand shrunk. I mean, it was huge. It was I'm not kidding you. It was freaking so big, man. It, I mean, it was so swollen and big. I mean, I kidding you. You get bit by a black widow and see how big your hand swells up. It freaking swells up huge. It goes kaboom, <laughs> and everything got fat. I lost all this skin. I lost like I lost layers of skin at a time, like two or three layers at a time, man. When I lost the skin out, out around my thumb and my hand and stuff. I mean, when it started, oh, it was really, really rough there for a while. I, I was having a hard time with it. I couldn't feel a damn thing. I couldn't even feel the guitar I was holding in my hand. On that hand, I couldn't feel the guitar. You know, um, the nerve damage in my wrist right now, sometimes it falls asleep while I'm playing guitar. I just keep playing, and I keep my pressure. I just, I remember where my pressure's at before it falls asleep, and I keep it there as long as I can. Now, I could play now right now for an hour, and that's about it. But my hand will fall asleep. It's like holding this phone right now. I'm in 13 minutes holding it with my left hand. It's about ready to fall asleep right now. And I'm still keeping the pressure the same, though. So I'm able to feel that, and I'm able to do that. But I'll tell you, man, when I when I switch hands, because you'll know it, because I'll go, yeah, I'll switch, I have to switch hands now, like I always do. Well, it's only because my hand's starting to fall asleep. I'd hold it with my left hand the whole time. You know, it's no big deal. You know, um, left hand, whatever. But it's, it's things like that. I mean, you look at you look at these different things in your life, and you're like, oh, wow, man, there's different things I can do. There's things I can't do, but I find it, you find a way around it. And and what I notice is that when you're bold and you step up and you just step forth into it, and and you're with God and you believe in God so much and you believe that God loves you so much, you know that God loves you. You know He's got you covered. You just step out. And you just especially when you go to minister to somebody else. You know what ends up happening is He just like ends up ministering to you too. I get ministered to just as much as the other person does. When I reach out to pray for somebody and somebody gets healed, you know, I get healed just as much as they do in some area, whatever it is, you know. Sometimes it might just be a kink in my neck that I can't get out and haven't been able to get out for a week. And all of a sudden, bam, I feel better. I'm like, wow, I just noticed that. I always know when I drive away from somebody's house that when I went there, I might go there for some reason, like maybe to go see them and visit them or drop off a poster because I make posters, you know, for my artwork. And I drop them off to people and, and uh, they hang them on their walls. It's cool. They're starting to spread around town a little bit now. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, one of these days we rev DDT posters everywhere. <laughs> Leaving me on t-shirts and mugs and cards, you know, playing cards, decks of playing cards, things like that, you know. And, um, yeah, I'm going to do it, man. It's, it's, it's happening already. I've already got a couple, couple printed up that I'm working on. Um, anyway, as we're going, um, you know, people like you, you, you drive away from their house, man, after I pray for them. And it's like, I know, I just can feel it in my soul. Deep in my heart, somewhere deep inside of me in a place where it's it's not human. You know, it's like, but it is, you know. It's me, but it's like so deep. It's like it doesn't even feel like it's me. But I feel this reassurance inside this knowing and this, and this knowing comes up of, of man, that, he just touched him. I get all excited. I'm right driving home laughing and praying and giggling and tee-hee-hee-hee-hee ha 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 with God all the way home. And, you know, and it's like this relationship that we've we've got to get, we have together that I have with him, that he has with me, is a relationship that I was given, but yet it was it came at a great cost. I was like sick. I was it was during my sick time. I just pressed in like I was told to, you know. Um, the preacher said, "Press in." So we pressed in. Okay, how do you do that? You press in, you know, and <laughs> you just press in. 
you just get to know them like you do your friends. You know, you pick up the phone, you call your friend on the phone, you start talking to him, right? Well, I talk to God out loud. I just talk, you know, and um, it's nice at being uh, around people that don't care about that. And I'm around people that don't care about that. And I notice that I'm out in society, I do it too. And I notice I'm just a little bit more quieter under my breath, but I notice that when people catch me doing that, they don't care. <laughs> you know, I tell them sometimes, they'll go, oh, no worries. <laughs> you know, I'm like, all right, well, cool, all right. You know, and then, and then I find out sometimes some of these people I end up talking to later or something, and I find out that these people actually do the same thing too. And I find out there's more and more, there's more people doing that. And it's really cool. It's really, it's very encouraging. But it's also very useful, too. You know, and it's useful in this way. You're developing a friendship with the most knowledgeable person in the universe. You know, the one that created everything, even the universe itself. And it fills the universe. And this person is on your side. This person loves you. This person's your father. This person, you know... You know, especially if you're a fatherless kind of person, like you grew up in, you have a father, or you, or you had a father that was like absent. You know, he was there, but he wasn't there. You know, and there's some of those fathers like that. There's good fathers too, but even that, God is still everybody's father. And you know, Jesus brings him brings him forth as a father. And what father would not want his children like to walk around? What father would want his children to be in poverty, walking around in rags? No father wants that for his children. And no father wants his children walking around with, you know, carrying freaking all this crap that's just not good for you. You know, disease is part of it. You know, and sometimes we give in to disease. We don't fight hard enough. Sometimes we fight, we fight hard enough, but it just is too strong for us. Sometimes it's, you know, I kind of wonder about that sometimes too. Is there time really just to go then? You know, um, you know, like some of us check out early, like when some kids are born and they, and they die right away or something, you know, and, and we wonder when we say it's tragic and die too young, but I wonder if that it was just a time to time out, you know, and we don't know, we don't understand death, it's really hard to understand, but God does, God understands death, God understands everything, you know, do we turn to him and talk to him about that? In times of need, in times of anguish, in times of heartache, where do we turn to? Do we turn inward or do we turn outward? You know, do we look for the answer outward? Sometimes we do look for the answer outward, but it always points us inward, don't it? I mean, anymore, pretty much does. And then anymore, as you're getting older, you start to realize that it's more about what's going on inside, you know, and your answers are on the inside, you know. You can educate yourself about the world around you and stuff and do that. By all means, discover. Be a discoverer. Be, be somebody that's an explorer. Explore. Take out your, your Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass and start looking at stuff, man. You know, look at it getting close, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. Get the knowledge from it. Get the wisdom that's there. Understand it. You know, grow with it. Let it let it become part of you if, it, if that's what you want, you know. But, um, you know, make sure that you work on yourself when you're, when you're working because the only person that you can heal in this world is you, you know. And you sure, sure, you can reach out and you can touch people with healing and loving hands and it will heal them. But that, you know, the, the, true, the true person is, you're, you're there to bring a service to this person. You're not there to change the person. And if you watch what Jesus did, he didn't command people to change. He told them to repent. Sure, but he didn't command them to change. What he told them to do was he, he commanded them to do, he commanded us, he said, do it. He said, make sure that you do what I command you to do. And those commanding, what he was telling us was to love one another. What he was telling us, and he showed us and demonstrated how that love looked. That's what, that's what his message was about. 
And he really gave us this understanding, too, of the Father that we didn't have either and the relationship the Father has with us. And you can see it through his relationship that he, he talks with with when he's talking about in John 14, 15, you know, 16, 17. He, he's where he prays for the disciples and stuff, which he, and he also prays for us. He's praying for all of us, too, that we come after. He says that in his prayer, you know. And he's, he's praying for us, that, you know, that as, as we're in this world, that we would know, we would have that knowledge, we would know and grow in that knowledge that he's, he's left us, and that we would actually, you know, grow in that, and, and, and the, the enemy would be able to take that away from us. And he told us that, that, the, that the church itself would prevail against the enemy, you know. That the church would prevail, that nothing would prevail against us, that the that gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. It won't, it can't. He said that, and he's true. He's not just true, he's the truth himself. He is the way, the truth, the life. He says this himself, and he actually demonstrates it and proves it. I had to get some water there. When I was sitting here thinking about that, and I was thinking about that lady's, that lady's you know, the, the story about the goiter. I was thinking about this other things, you know, and I was thinking about how we, a lot of times, will actually... Um, you know, we forget about those things that are actually important and why they're important, you know, um, and why it's important to actually remember God in, in, in all circumstances. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and acknowledge Him in all your ways and He will direct your path. And that was something I picked up on really early. And I've always tried to live by that. And so, you know, I'm like sitting there at this... Uh, at this place in this community in this, in, this, in, this, in this way in my life and I'm finding that there's other people there's other men here at this community that are like this other women that are like this in this community and these guys were very like-minded in a lot of ways and it was very cool it was very easy to fit in there and very easy to live there for a few years so I ended up spending four years there right but nothing compares to that first freaking night though or that first week or that first month or that first spring when after you made some friends and you're kicking back and me and Brian, we were sitting out there, and we were out there. It was evening. We just got done with dinner, and it was on a freaking Saturday. Or Saturday? Was it Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday night, all right? And we got a wedding coming up, so we're going to have fun here in the middle of the week, which they get it. You know, we have a band, a whole band play, and a few band, a couple bands play. Um, and Resurrection Band is one of the bands living there in the community. And um, they have a band in the community called the Noise Boys. And those guys rock. That's part of Resurrection Band and some other guys in the community. And then there's a couple of other groups in the community that play. There's a lot of musicians that live there and a lot of artists that live there and a lot of poets that live there, a lot of freaking really cool hippie-type Christians that live there a lot. There was a mixture of culture. It was culturally mixed. Um, black people, Hispanic people, white people, uh, and green people, orange people, brown people, orange people, purple people, and green and fuchsia and uh, yellow and uh, whatever other color people there are. <laughs> but we were all living there in this community, right, together. And it was really cool. And, um, you know, there's like uh, 500 adults and about twice as amount of kids and you know, and there's divides between brothers and sisters. The brothers and sisters don't live together. Sisters live with the families. They take care of kids, too, with families and stuff, and help families, help families and stuff like that, do that stuff, and then brothers do. What brothers do, we work in, the, in, the, in, in some of the businesses and stuff like that and do other things, too, like that. You know, we're workers, laborers and stuff. I got to be a laborer. So anyway, Brian and I, we go out and we sit down. We're sitting there, and we're chilling, right? And we're living in a Cambodian neighborhood, right? And this is a cool neighborhood because all the kids that come over on Sundays 
and uh, to the brother's house, which is on Leland, on the corner of Leland, right across the street from the Malden place where we were eating dinner from the Malden building, and we were kitty corner from there. And uh, they come out there. We had a little courtyard in the front, and we'd do a little kung fu fighting out there with the kids, right, on the on the weekends on Sundays after church. We'd uh, have a little kung fu fights, and, and me and one of the other brothers would, would corner them off, and uh, we'd get little groups of kids, and we'd do kung fu fights, and the kids would do the kung fu fights, and we'd go in and we'd instruct them. We'd be their corner guy, and we'd also be the referee, and, and so it was always a lot of fun, and the kids loved doing that. I mean, they were good at it, too. Those little Cambodian kids were really good at it. It was really fun, and we'd uh, do these little kung fu fights and stuff. You know, they wouldn't hit each other that hard or anything. They'd just, like, play fighting, but it was so fun. And um, anyway, so... Brian and I were talking, we're standing out there talking. Brian's a biker, dude, and I like bikes, and we like bikes, we like cars, we like the same stuff. And we're just enjoying the evening, we're just sitting there, and Brian goes, well, check it out. And we heard a commotion up the street, and it was to, to your freaking right, man. So I looked up the street, and there was, about, there was a gang of Cambodian kids coming down the street. There was about seven of them, right? And they were the older kids. They were the older kids, the little kids, older brothers, and, you know, some brothers, right? Some of their brothers and so Brian goes, oh yeah, those are those uh, kids that come over to you guys' house over there, come over to the Leland building over there and they play, and they, you guys are doing Kung Fu on Sundays. I go, yeah, he goes, those are brothers. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, brothers and cousins and stuff. I go, wow, they're cool. I go, I wonder what they're up to. And he goes, watch this. He goes, you're going to see a fight here in a second. And I go, wow, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, he goes, look at him. And he, and he goes, watch him. And all of a sudden they started pulling nunchucks out and and stuff like that, and chains and freaking stuff out of the other jackets, man. And I'm like, oh, and little clubs. And I'm like, oh, me and Brian are sitting there behind the fence in the yard at the table near the fence watching this, watching, facing that corner, watching this. They're coming up on the corner of Leland and Malden right there. And there are seven of them, and they got all this stuff out. And all of a sudden, this group of black kids come running up the street freaking from the, from the other direction towards us. And they met right there on the corner. It was like Kung Fu fighting right there in front of us. And I mean, it, it lasted about maybe three or four seconds. But it was the longest three or four seconds ever. And we were both like jaw dropped, just watching this going, whoa, dude. We looked at each other and we were like, whoa. They kicked the crap out of each other and then drug off their wounded, you know. And it was like, wow, man. And then it was like happening in a few seconds. It was over with. I went, what the hell? <laughs> he goes, he goes, we saw something rare. I go, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, usually it doesn't happen on this corner. It happens on the corner up the street. And I was like, oh. I went, what? Usually. So we started talking about this. I saw a few gang fights there that were incredible. I saw this one. It was huge. I mean, it was like way over 400 people in this fight, man. On both sides of the fight were so freaking. It was just a fury of people fighting. And uh, we were in the building. We we went down. To, me and Paul Kales, man, we walked down to the down to the video store and got a video during that time and saw the guys in red and the guys in blue, man. There was guys in red and guys in blue. They were wearing red hats and blue hats. And they were, they were, me and Paul were wearing baseball caps. We were wearing them backwards and we were in black. And I thought about taking mine off, you know. We left them on though and they didn't bother with us or anything. But somebody said, you should, I should probably take them off. I was like, well, we're wearing them backwards. It's not going to matter. They're black anyway. And so, but these guys were, these are the red and blue. And they always wore them forward. And then it was a fight, man. We saw a big gang fight in the park right across the street from the Chelsea Hotel, which is the building which we lived in, which we, before I moved back to Boise, we moved into this building, and, and it was a whole, the hotel building, and uh, it was a, there was a park right kind of back behind it, you know, to the corner, um, to the right side, back side of the building, and freaking, there's a huge park right behind the school, and they were back there fighting, it was a huge gang fight, it was crazy, but when we were sitting there seeing, we saw that kung fu fight, and it was like, 
I was really wild, man. And I mean, it lasted like it was the longest three seconds. Like you know how fights go. You know if you're in a fight, and if you're in a fight, it'll it'll it only lasts a few seconds or whatever. It seems like it lasts for like a long time, like an hour or something. You know, they're going wow. That was only a few seconds. What? <laughs> Seems like it went on for an hour, man. That was way long. It was only one second long. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it's over with. <laughs> you know, it's like, but um, yeah, it was crazy, man. I'm sitting there watching that, man. Yeah, and um, we had some, I had some really good times when I was living there. But that was just one of the interesting things I saw when I was living there. And um, I tell you, man, I got a few stories about that place. It was pretty cool. Tearing, doing tearing, tearing downs on porches and stuff, man. Riding walls down onto the ground, and that was a blast. <laughs> Did a couple of the wall rides. Those were fun, man. I got my hammer hung up on my... Oh, whoa, yeah, okay. First one, first wall ride. It wasn't my hammer that got me, man. It was, I got cooked by a nail when we were taking down this porch, man, this old porch. We found a whole bunch of marbles in this porch, right, that were really old. I mean, this old porch is like, made the freaking late 1800s, early 1900s. I'm not kidding you. It was that old. And freaking, we're taking this wall down, this outside wall, and a nail, a big old fat nail, I didn't see it was hooked. It caught my freaking belt, my, 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 my carpenter's belt, you know, <laughs> and it caught my belt. And I had to ride that wall down to the ground. It was like, it was a couple floors up, man. <laughs> freaking, wee boom. It hit the ground. Oh, man. But see, I got unhooked before it hit the ground, so I was able to jump. And I jumped and dove off of it and hit the ground and lost all my tools in the grass. I had to find those. But yeah, it was crazy, man. That was a crazy ride. Saw a freaking uh, really, 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 really bad freaking crazy truck wreck. Uh, okay, so we're working on a building, right? We're doing some interior work on this building. And this is the last story, right? Okay for the night and this is really crazy so this guy looks he's he, this where we were at over on this one street you can't go down this it has bridges on it right they go and that's where the l station you know the l like freaking subway that goes above the ground and below the ground so it's like they call it the l and so it goes around i love the l the l is awesome you get on it ooh, takes off goes real fast it's a blast riding it i love riding that thing so anyway <laughs> we're cruising around so anyway we're over on and it's freaking uh it's over on the west side this truck man it, it didn't look at the clearance on the bridge. Okay, so in Chicago, they just keep paving over the bridge. You know, so they sometimes don't change the clearance sometimes on some of the bridges. But one of the bridges, one of this particular road, you can't drive down your truck down that road anyway. And a truck driver turned down the road, turned down the road, but he figured he could go under the bridge, right? Because it looks like he can get under the bridge, but you can't get under the bridge. And he ripped the whole top of his truck off, uh, his trailer off on the back of his load. Okay, so he had a truck and trailer. His truck made it under, but his trailer didn't. And it ripped it all the way back to half, but it got stuck. So it was stuck there. So they had to take that thing apart and get it out. And we watched that thing happen because we were working in a building right next to where that happened at. And uh, it was crazy. We were working there for a few weeks. And uh, we watched that. And uh, I just couldn't believe that, man. I couldn't believe that thing got stuck like that. They got stuck in there. And they still, they, they blocked off that. They couldn't, you know, reuse that route for the train for a little while until they got unstuck. But that was pretty crazy, man. I thought, man. <laughs> saw some other stuff that was pretty trippy there too also was on in picket lines man out in front of abortion clinics and stuff for a little while um doing stuff for a while and then um you know and then um i don't know things changed in my heart and some stuff happened and i i see things from a different light and i don't go do that anymore but i've been stomped on kicked on spit on beat up all kinds of stuff like i said before and and um all because you know just 
of a difference of an opinion. And I said, and I think about that sometimes. I wonder how, how we, you know, how, how are we, you know, in our lives? Are we always in this going to be in this place where we're in a difference of opinion? Are we going to be in this place where we're going to ever come to an agreement with things? Are we ever going to walk in wisdom, you know? And I know that there's a place where it does require us to lay some things down sometimes and um, so that we can have that agreement so we can move forward. Because a house divided cannot stand, and that's where our houses have been, divided. They've been divided for a long time. And, you know, and I look at these things and I kind of, and I, and I kind of wonder, is humanity, you know, I'm really going to make it very far, much further than where we're at now. You know, I, I have hope for humanity that we do, that we do find some common ground, that we do find um, someday that we can get on the same page and that we can all be one and we can all um, enjoy that, that oneness. Um, having a relationship with God is everything to me um, because there is that disconnection between all of us, you know, even though we're all connected. We all still have that. There's something a little bit of hostility. There's still something there that, that keeps us in our own little worlds, you know. We'll sit in our own little worlds. You know, three. there's three of us in this house. We all sit in our own little world and just do our own little thing, you know. And we try to join into the other person's world, but sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does, you know. But it's like everybody in God's world, it's always really wonderful. It's always He's always accepting. He always loves us. He always receives us. He always wants to talk with us. And if you just start talking to him, he'll share things with you, especially if you bug him like I do. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, man. Start bugging him. Just start bugging the crap out of him and ask him any questions after question after question until he answers you. He'll answer you. He will, baby. He'll answer you. If he's going to do it with me, I don't know, knucklehead. Come on, man. Brilliant as you are. Come on. You should do all this by now. God loves you, man. He loves us all. For his children, man. Here's something he doesn't like, though. When we diss on his image, when he diss on his image, when we mess up and diss on his image, when we start talking bad, and that talk, don't talk bad about yourself. Don't talk bad about other people. Don't do that. You know? Lift up, be uplifting, be up, be a builder. Be a builder of people, man. Be an uplifter. He's right there. That's Those are the open doors, man. You, you know, you're going to get a lot, you know, a lot better, a lot more out of life with honey than with bitter old lemon juice, baby. Ooh, you know, and I'm not talking about lemonade either. I'm talking about lemon juice. That stuff's so sour. <laughs> you can catch more flies with honey than you can with salt. <laughs> Actually, you can bring them back to life with salt, though, if you um, if they drown. I know that because it was a science experiment when we were kids. And it works. It does actually work. It's kind of crazy, but it works. Same thing with ants, too. Ants, are, they don't drown so easy. They kind of, kind of like walk on the water. <laughs> kind of. Like water skippers do. Anyway, no, I'm not babbling. No, I'm not. I'm talking about the same thing here. You know? And here's something I just want to ask you. I want to ask you this. Where is your heart at? Where is your anchor for your heart? Are you writing your story? Are you letting God influence your heart? Are you letting grace be an influence in your heart? Are you extending that grace to other people? Are you becoming their friend? Are you becoming God's friend? These all are very important things.
And they're on the same wavelength, like Jesus said, man. You know, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. Love your neighbor as yourself. Why would he say that? Because it's important. It's very important. Everything he said is important. His commands. You know, keep his word. Dwell in his word. Let his word dwell in you. These things are important. And as time goes on, ticking away, tick, 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 tick. Marching forward, time marching on. Doodle, 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 doodle. Time marching on. Doodle, 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 doodle. Keeps on going, keeps on going, keeps on going as time's going. Everything that we do matters, it counts. Every person we reach for the kingdom, it counts. It makes a difference. It makes a difference who you reach out and touch, who you love, who you forgive. It's including yourself, letting go of the past and moving on into the future, which is actually right now today. Thinking about it, today is the future. It's always the future. Today is always the future. So the future never gets here because it's always tomorrow and tomorrow never comes. Because when it gets here, it's always today. And I beg to differ. It's always, it's always the future because it's always today. The rest of it, the illusion. What's gone is gone. The illusion. Let it go. Be at peace. You're going to do a lot more with your life and have a lot more of a positive effect on this world with peace. Listen, some of us are here, sent here to help this world to heal, to help this world to understand healing, to help this world to show this world how to heal. Take, take that wisdom and run with it because everybody has that ability. Everybody has the ability. Wellness is good. Wellness is wealth is good. It's not evil. It's good. Look at all the good that people are doing. Like, okay, check this out. Here's a couple of dudes, man, that get together and they like go and they, they're like, you know, surfing and swimming under the ocean and things like that. And they're scuba diving and they see all this waste and stuff. And so they're collecting all this waste, right? And they stink and collect it. And, and they started working on cleaning up the ocean. Just a couple of guys. And they're doing something with this, recycling this waste and doing something with it. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's really cool. There's other people doing the same thing. I just seen a thing on water. Uh, guys, some guys doing water. Uh, some new guys doing water. I just seen another guy on TV doing it on the news. There, this young guy uh, started a thing uh, with food, you know, for people. Uh, actually, which is taken off in some states, cities, and states. You know, yeah, it's a really cool thing, man. You know, these things are these things are commendable. You know, these people are heroes. People that just like take their time and say, "Screw it, I'm gonna help people." And then they do it and they make an impact. I worked among these people. I lived among these people for years, man, people like this, and was volunteered. When I was work, living in Jesus, people working as a as a, a construction worker, I was there. The, my money went to the community. It didn't go into my pocket. It went to the community. I gave that to the community. It came, went to the community. It went in their pocket and uh, the community's pocket. And again, that means that everybody benefited from it. I mean, so that we can continue to do the work in the ministry. And that's, that was good. 
and everybody's money was like it was like that. His money was tight. Like we'd get like three bucks, three bucks a week, fucking, uh, to go get something to eat. But otherwise, we'd have our meals taken care of, and we'd have a place to sleep. And we had um, friends, we had people to pray with. We had a lot of fun things to do, a lot of cool things to do, and we had a whole city, man, to freaking go with anybody anywhere to do anything with. But you had to go with a buddy everywhere you went, and it was really cool because man, it was easy to find somebody that wanted to go do something. Really easy. So we had a blast. You know, we did some things. We got to get out. I ran freaking ran ran a bunch of freaking races, ran a marathon, ran some bunch of other stuff, man. And other people, other people did other things too. Uh, other bicyclers. There was guys that ran bicycles and did bicycle races. There was a guy that ran twenty four hour hour races, so he did those and he was into those kind of things. We did a lot of athletic stuff, a lot of other kind of things too. Went to movies. Uh, went to a three dollar movie or a two dollar movie. Well, it was actually it's actually uh, get a Polish sausage and and a movie for three bucks. <laughs> Polish sausage is good, man. That thing was loaded. You eat one of those things, you won't have to eat the rest of the day. I mean, those things are so good, man. Right there under the freaking Clark Street, right there under the under the, under the L, right there on Clark Street. There's a freaking right over there. Okay, so now you know the Yankee Grill. Okay, I think it's called the Yankee Grill. Uh, that's actually a restaurant in the Clark Street, and it's in a movie that Gene Hackman did. Well, anyway, that movie, I can't remember the name of that movie, but uh, yeah, right across the street from there, there was a place right there, uh, right there where we actually got um Polish sausages and it was really good right there under Clark Street right there under the under the L station on Clark Street oh my gosh they were good you know buck 50 and it was like loaded plus you got fries with it man it was so good and you're getting a coke too for a buck 50 mm, man it was so good yeah and we'd walk down the movie theater we'd eat that on the way and we'd walk down the movie theater go down the movie theater and watch a movie for a buck you know <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool yeah we had fun doing that had fun doing all kinds of stuff there, man. Went out swimming in the, in the lake, out there in Lake Michigan. That was fun. Swimming out there. We also went fishing out there a lot, too. And went out there and walked around during the night when people were smelt fishing. Me and Paul Kales did. We did a lot of walking after we walked, worked out at the gym. You know, freaking, it was it was cool. I had a good time. But um, see, that's the thing about, man, people and, and things. You can find things to do. You can find your life. You, you know yourself into a position where you're giving your life to something because you're so impassioned by it and so and so inflamed on the inside of your heart by it because you see what's going on with the people you see how the interaction is going you see what's going on you see all the good that's coming out of it and you just want to be part of that you know and there's a lot of places to do that with and I encourage people to get out and do that it'll get you out of your whole home and your home hole and uh, it'll also you learn some things too plus you know what man it's a good place to listen to God. So is the shower. <laughs> but so is also just any time. But you, you know, you know what it means to go into your closet and pray? And you need to go within. Now you're going to find the light inside. The light's inside. It's not outside. It's inside you. It's inside you. Go inside yourself. Get in there. Talk to God. Talk to yourself. Make friends with everything that's going on in there. <laughs> you know? If there's like a whole bunch of people there, make friends with them too. No. <laughs> No, it's you, man. Make friends with yourself. Make friends with God, too. You know, on the inside. Find out what he has to say about your life and other people's lives that you're concerned about. Ask him if there's anything you can do to be a servant and set yourself out there as a servant and serve him and see what happens. Serve something bigger than yourself is what I'm saying. You can do that by going to the food bank, local food bank and serving there. You can also do that by going to the freaking Salvation Army and serving there, maybe in the soup line or whatever. We did soup kitchen, soup plan. I did everything, man. I've done it all. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot. You get, you get a lot out of it. And, 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 and it's not what you really give out of it. It's what you give into it. 
you know, you get to reach out and touch a lot of people and help a lot of people. You make a lot of friends. I got friends all over the world because of this. But I'll tell you something, though. You get a lot out of it because it, it helped me grow up. Help me understand the world better. It helped me understand some things. Help me, it helped me really see what my heart really does desire. What I really do care about, you know? Did I care enough to get out of my freaking house and go do something about it? To march about it? I mean, it's wrong to go march on the Capitol, you know, of the United States of America and try and take over the Capitol building. That's wrong. But it's not wrong to go out there and march and protest and things if you don't agree with something, you know? Do civil protest. It's good. There's no law against that. And that's the law of the land. As long as it's civil. As long as it's kept civil. But most of these protests aren't turning that way because people are so mad. Stuff. Well, you know what, man? Maybe everybody just needs to stop, drop, and breathe. <laughs> you thought I was going to say roll, didn't you? <laughs> stop, 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 drop, and breathe, baby. Get on your knees and lift your hands up to God. And start crying out and singing songs of love and worship and praise to Him. And set your focus upon Him and see what happens to your life. Watch it transform into something wonderful. An instrument used to bring good into this world instead of hell. Because we're already hell on earth, baby. You know what? So I'm done talking now. I just wanted to encourage everybody. And set some things to light. Man, for just a goiter story because I didn't finish it in the last broadcast. And I knew I didn't too. And I got done. I was like, oh man, whoops. I forgot about that. I don't keep notes, man. There are no notes in front of me, baby. Well, I mean, there's notes around here. You know, one says something about a doctor's appointment, another says something over there. There's a whole pad of notes over there, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> this is all that's out of the heart. Jesus loves you, and so do I. God loves you. And remember, <laughs> Father, thank you for your presence in our life. Thank you for your wisdom in our life. Thank you for wisdom tomorrow. And tonight, when we all go to bed, or whenever we hear this broadcast, and that night we go to bed, and we go to sleep, when we hear this, we're going to have this in our heart. We're going to have this in our heart. We're going to have a wonderful day tomorrow. We're going to have a wonderful day tomorrow. Because tomorrow is today, and we're going to have, we're having a wonderful day right now. And we're going to go to sleep with that wonderful feeling, and wake up with that wonderful feeling, and we're going to have a wonderful time. In Jesus' name, amen. Get outside your box. Get outside yourself. Go do something for somebody else. It'll change your life. It'll change your world. And then, and then, and then, don't get you die. We'll be right back. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird one, right? Rev DDT, Universal Broadcast, Broadcasting Live Across the Universe. This is Rev DDT. <laughs> that was a really weird one. <laughs> Later, baby.